Welcome back to Health Call Live. If you've got a question, you don't have to give blood to get the answer. Just call us at 447-1190. And I do hope you will call this half hour. We have a guest in the studio I think you're going to be interested to hear from, and I bet you're going to have some questions for. You know, each week, uh, I see just literally tons of reports about lab discoveries that may lead to a breakthrough in cancer treatment. And, you know, occasionally I cover a few of those. Now, discovering the lab, though, or positive results in mice is great, but that still means you're years and years and sometimes over a billion dollars away from what really matters, and that is a treatment that is going to help you get through cancer. And when all of that is coming about, it's because of a clinical trial. And that is our focus this half hour. By the time a drug has reached clinical trials, there's good evidence that it's safe, right? Well, now those trials are designed to learn just how can it best be used and how much of a difference does it really make. You might not know that doctors right here in Fort Wayne are involved in these clinical trials, and that's good news if you have someone who you love, who has cancer. So I want you to meet Dr. Sunil Babu. He is an oncologist and the director of the Inventa Center for Cancer Research, a division of the Fort Wayne Oncology and Hematology Practice. Good to have you here. Thank you for having me, Lee. You bet. Why a separate division in your practice just for research? Um, so essentially, you know, Fort Wayne Medical Oncology has been doing clinical research since 1992. We used to uh, participate in a lot of National Cancer Institute-sponsored clinical trials through what we call as alliance groups. They're not very intense to participate. Um, the requirements are not great. But, you know, in the last two decades, uh, like you alluded to, you know, there have been tremendous developments. Um, and, you know, these days we are getting new FDA-approved uh, drugs in blood and cancer treatment pretty much every week. I mean, it's very difficult to keep up even. Hmm. Uh, so a couple of uh, decades ago, you know, uh, when the scientific information started exploding and the pharmaceutical industry started focusing on uh, development of new cancer drugs, especially focusing on, you know, targeted drugs and uh, immunotherapy uh, type of drugs, which you might be familiar with, uh, you know, we realize that Fort Wayne does not have, the patients in Fort Wayne do not have access to this early stage trials. Uh, that is where, you know, all these experimental drugs are being tried. So we decided in 2012 to start participating in pharma trials. Then if we found that, uh, you know, we need a good team in place to engage with the partners. Um, because it's much more intense than the trials which we were previously participating in. So we developed the team, and in 2016, we decided to kind of become a separate division so that we can focus more on identifying the right partners and making sure it happens right. So are clinical trials a last resort for a patient? Is that something you use only when everything else has failed? I would say, you know, decades ago, that might have been the case. But with the pace of scientific development and, you know, these days the drugs are mostly designed in a lab. I mean, they are designed uh, in the sense, you know, it's not coming from a plant or, you know, just some mm -hmm. chemical who someone is identifying. A lot of them are designed and you know exactly what effect it is going to have as it engages with the cells. But you don't know all the effects because there are, you know, uh, uh, things which we don't know. 
So, you know, a drug, uh, when it's developed, it starts off uh, with cell lines, then it moves to animal research, and then it comes into first-in-human studies. Now, uh, we participate in uh, first-in-human studies to phase three, which are the latest stages of clinical studies. Um, I, th- I, I believe we are the only entity in Fort Wayne which does, you know, first-in-human studies. So, uh, first-in-human studies are generally designed to uh, identify the dose of the drug. And because these days these drugs are kind of engineered, we know which cancers they might work. But, you know, that is where a lot of the uh, drugs can fail because we don't know the full effects in a, in a human being because they have been studied only in cell lines and animal models. But as we get to the later trials, especially phase two and phase three, we have some evidence that the drug is uh, fairly safe and they are active in certain types of cancer. So that is being studied in later lines of treatment. So Fort Wayne Medical Oncology's you know, division in Vent, uh, we participate in uh, first in human phase one all the way to phase three. Uh, so we are proud to you know provide all opportunities to our community. So I do you invite those patients to participate as? Well, let me back up a second. So when I'm on a clinical trial, am I am I a guinea pig? I mean, are you, you you're experimenting, but you're also treating my cancer at the same time. It's not that I'm going to get a placebo, no treatment, or the clinical trial, right? That's a very good question. So you know that's uh, one of the commonest questions I hear. You know, am I just going to get a sugar pill? You know, I have this cancer, and you're talking about a clinical trial. Uh, In cancer trials, every patient will get the standard of care. What they were uh, expected to get based on guidelines, they will get that treatment. The clinical trial medication will be in addition to the standard of care. And if it is a phase three study, then, uh, you know, it, it can be 50-50 chance that you will get the, the clinical trial drug and the other group will get uh, some kind of a placebo drug. And these studies are double-blinded uh, in the sense, like the Fort Wayne team has no idea who is getting the real drug or the placebo. The idea is to remove bias, any kind of mm-hmm. bias which, uh, you know, the uh, carer might have uh, if they were aware what the patient is getting. Now, when we are talking about uh, phase one study, first in human, you know, we know that everyone is getting the uh, molecule that we are studying. So that's the difference. So as a patient, does this mean more visits, more lab tests, more expense for me? Another very valuable question. So, you know, pharmaceutical trials um, are designed to essentially make it less problematic for the patients and uh, you know and beneficial so that te- you know there is a little more intensity when you participate in clinical trial but in some ways you know when you are a cancer patient and you are on some kind of chronic treatment you want good over- oversight mm-hmm. it's very important because you know these are a lot of the medications can have untoward side effects, even the approved drugs. So having that oversight, not just from your oncologist, but it's a whole team. It's a team approach um, uh, in, you know, when you're participating in a clinical trial. There are a lot of eyes on you. So the chance of missing something you know, that is not go- uh, uh, going well 
uh, is minimal. So I think you know participating in a clinical trial is the greatest opportunity a cancer patient might have. And if you actually look at the available guidelines, I mean, all of us uh, in the U.S., we generally use uh, guidelines provided by National Comprehensive Cancer Care Network, mm-hmm. NCCN, otherwise called NCCN. Uh, in fact, all the insurances, Medicare included, um, you know, they need us to use these guidelines. So if you look at the guideline, the interesting part is, uh, you know, clinical trial is always on the list as first line, second line. The reason is, um, unfortunately, in 2022, you know, most of the cancers that have spread, obviously there are curable type of cancers with surgery and, you know, Mm -hmm. um, sometimes with intense uh, chemotherapy and other treatments. But most of the cancers, uh, you know, remain kind of elusive. We can't cure them, right? And anything less than cure is inadequate treatment. That's the way I look at it. That's why I'm interested in clinical trials. And if you look at, uh, you know, how entities like Medicare support clinical uh, research, in, especially in cancer, um, you know, they, uh, they incentivize entities which are uh, encouraging clinical trials because they want to make sure that the future dollars uh, that are spent uh, on healthcare is used wisely in treatments that can cure patients. Because that is, uh, you know, if you can cure a cancer within with few treatments instead of keeping a patient on a chronic treatment for years, I mean, uh, that saves the system so much uh, money and it's uh, any day better for the community and the patient. Sure. Saves all of us money. Yeah. Exactly right. So we're going to talk about the future of cancer care. What uh, pretty optimistic times. And you told me that we're thinking now not about treatment, but more about cure. Actually, curing is looking more hopeful than ever. We're going to get to that and dr babu is here in our studio ready to take your calls at 447-1190-800-333-1190 or you can text your question to 46862 to dr sunil babu oncologist and the director of the inventa center for cancer research at fort wayne oncology and hematology when we come back on the health call live radio hour on wowo this is health call live We're glad you're listening, but don't be afraid to call and ask your question on the air. It's free, non-invasive, and best of all, you don't have to wear an exam gown. Now, back to health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. And we are back to our conversation about cancer clinical trials, cancer treatment in general with oncologist Dr. Sunil Babu from Fort Wayne Medical Oncology and Hematology. He is also the director of the Inventa Center for Cancer Research at Fort Wayne Medical Oncology. We were talking during the break here about... uh, what's different in how cancer is being approached these days. We're moving, thinking a lot more about a cure than just managing the disease now, right? Definitely. I think, uh, you know, 10 years ago, if you had asked me about, I mean, are we going to cure cancer, uh, especially the common ones, I would have said, you know, I mean, it's not looking very promising. But then the whole era of immunotherapy came along. I mean, I would say the first drug got approved in 2008 for melanoma. Before that, you know, melanoma treatments, there were a couple of old type immunotherapy type of options which were pretty intense on the patient and the outcomes were not great. And then the, you know, the so-called immunotherapy agents, which a lot of folks are aware of, came along where, you know, we are essentially targeting the patient's immune system to start recognizing these bad cells, which Mm -hmm. are the cancer cells. Normally, you know, our immune systems are constantly recognizing these abnormal cells. 
uh, which are made constantly in our body as the cells divide but uh, and, and and they are destroyed but when the immune system starts weakening or the, uh, these cells have abilities to escape the immune system then they'll survive they thrive they attain new abilities they start traveling going to neighborhoods they should not be going so that's what cancer is so what if we could reprogram that patient's immune system um, using medications so that they start recognizing these cells again and clear it i mean that'll be the most phenomenal thing to do i mean there are no real chemicals and things like that so you know that is what uh, the crux of immunotherapy is and these drugs have dramatically changed uh, outcomes in many cancers i would say you know 70% of uh, cancer patients in 2022 uh, are receiving some form of immunotherapy containing treatments but you know they also have side effects because when you activate the immune system it may start attacking your normal cells also sure. which triggers some of the unique side effects so uh, uh, you know the research currently um, is focused on developing more unique uh, immunotherapy techniques which can you know just attack the cancer cell and leave the normal cells alone i mean uh, for example you know one of the uh, trials which we are exploring through uh, our partner at ucla uh, we are uh, one of the uh, 16 um, network partners for ucla cancer center uh, through this network called translational research in oncology or trio so one of the trials is uh, uh, you know with a company which uh, essentially identifies what we call as neo antigens so neo antigens are uh, cancer uh, you know proteins that are shown only on the cancer cell mm-hmm. because you have to realize that the cancer cell is a rogue normal cell so it has all of the regular um, you know proteins but sometimes because of the mutations the dna abnormalities that happen in a cancer cell it starts producing new proteins which are unique to the cancer cell so we are able to go after that unique protein uh, then we don't have to hit the normal cell so sure. that so is it's a, a rifle shot yes. a laser shot yes. at that tumor uh, so we've got a call i want to get you to dr babu what is the success rate in clinical trials so let's find out about that what what does success in a clinical trial trial mean sure sure so um you know when we talk about clinical trials like i mentioned earlier there are uh, trials ranging from preclinical studies to phase 3 studies but if we took you know all all types of clinical trials uh, in developing a drug what percentage of these trials will actually translate to a, a positive uh, outcome that is an fda approval for the drug it's in the range of um, in um, uh, medical oncology it's higher actually uh, it's about 14% hmm. have are there drugs that are in use now that you helped uh, research and develop definitely definitely so that uh, you know those are the proud moments right i mean we have been doing uh, pharmaceutical trials as well as the national cancer institute sponsored trials for decades now um now we were talking you know about immunotherapy so it is possible that you have heard of this uh, drug called obdivo mm-hmm. uh, or yeah, it, is, yeah, it is advertised yeah. on tv all the time so you know i i remember in 2013 uh, you know before the drug was approved in lung cancer which was in 2015 
So in that time period, we were able to participate in a trial with Obdivo. Uh, and actually the trial uh, you know allowed patients who have failed all types of treatment to be part of the trial and it was kind of an easy um, trial to participate in and we actually enrolled 23 patients and you know we have patients uh, who are alive right now because they had that opportunity so that is a there there's a golden example of why having you in the community doing the research you're doing is a benefit to all of us right because i'm not going to get access to that drug as early if it wasn't for that clinical research another area of growth is not only trying to kill the cancer get rid of it but also detect it sooner that's so important what's happening there I'm glad that you asked because, uh, you know, there are tre uh, tremendous developments in that area also. Uh, again, uh, you know, the techniques, uh, the scientific techniques, the lab techniques have improved um, where, you know, we are able to detect strands of abnormal DNA in the blood by just collecting a blood sample from a person. So, you know, there are some certain, uh, there are certain signatures for cancers. Uh, which are similar uh, in different, you know, uh, different individuals with the same cancer. They may have signatures which are similar, and then there are unique signatures for that individual with the cancer also. So, uh, you know, there are companies trying to develop uh, assays, uh, cancer detection tests mm -hmm. for especially the common cancers, looking for these strands of abnormal DNA in an individual's blood. So we are participating in a clinical study um, uh, where it's called Thrive, um, where, you know, individuals about the age of 50 um, with or without cancer. I mean, new patients with cancer, we are collecting their samples so that we can actually identify the strands. And we are also, we also have a control group uh, where, you know, you don't have to have cancer, but you donate that vial of blood in helping develop this test. Um, I believe in about three to five years, uh, when you go to your family doctor for your annual checkup, uh, you know, some kind of this testing will be getting incorporated. Oh, I mean, there is already data that, uh, you know, these tests can identify a lot of cancers. In, obviously, you know, the old tests are not going to go away immediately. Mammogram, pap smear, you know, mm -hmm. all, um, PSA testing, all that might continue for a uh, while. But I have a feeling in about 10 years, a lot of these tests are going to disappear and it'll all, uh, it'll all be a blood test. That's exciting. You know, I always like to ask guys like you, uh, how do you live differently? Based on everything you've seen in all those years of research, are there things that you do differently to reduce your risk of cancer? Um, I do. I do. I'm, you know, aware of the data, but uh, again, just being a human being, <laughs> I'm not always on the spot. Um, but you know, uh, it is important that we be aware. At least, right? I mean, you know, one of the uh, uh, straightforward examples is smoking, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we have known about the risk of uh, smoking for decades now, but still, you know, it is uh, it is a you know popular activity in our community. Unfortunately, yeah, huge problem. Yeah. So, any supplements or diet changes you've made? Because you know, everybody is talking about. Yeah eating differently and trying different things to try and reduce that inflammation or the cancer risk. Any of those in your life? Definitely. I think, you know, I, I have changed a lot more to, um, I mean, I, I eat more vegetables uh, compared to like 10 years ago. 
you know, trying to cut down on sugar. Um, and, you know, a lot of the data, the uh, dietary data that is available out there. But, you know, you have, you have habits which you've created over decades. So it has to be a conscious effort. And, you know, it's okay if you fail here and there, but you need to keep striving. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Love to have you back. We'll talk uh, more in detail about immunotherapy somewhere down the road. I find that fascinating, mm-hmm. being able to uh, train your body to spot, identify, and then kill that cancer cell. That sounds like there's lots of progress there. We've got to run. We We'll see you next week right here on the Health Call Live Radio Hour on WoWo. You've been listening to Health Call Live. Watch a recording of today's program on the Health Call Facebook page or on the web at www.healthcall.live. Drop us a line to recommend a guest or suggest a topic for a future broadcast. Join us next Saturday at 9 a.m. for another edition of Health Call Live on WoWo 1190 a.m. and 107.5 FM. Podcast by Federated Media.